Good morning. It is Tuesday, August 18th, and we are live from Orlando, Florida. Pat's busy this week uh, training and going through all the proper protocols that he needs to in order to detach Adam Cole's head from the rest of his body on Saturday at NXT TakeOver. So he's got a busy slate this week. He's trying to get his mind right and his body right for uh, for the fight. I mean, it's fight week, baby. It's it's fight week. But we still have a great show for you today. Kirk Herbstreet, the face of college football, joins the show to talk about what's going to happen with the NCAA this year. And NBA insider Shams Sharanya joins the show before he leaves for the bubble to talk about everything going on with the NBA playoffs. If you like this show... Do us a favor and tell a friend. And if you don't like this show, uh, just act like it never fucking happened. It's a good one, though. Let's get to it. Fight Week coming to you live from Orlando. A very large house in Orlando has been rented. A few of them in this one neighborhood down here in Orlando have been rented out. The whole squad is down here joining me. Diggs, uh, Ty, and Connor. And on the phone, one of the most handsome men to ever grace the television. The reason why I got a chance to go on college game day last year, the voice of college football, the blue eye having triple option running quarterback from Ohio State, ladies and gentlemen, Kirk Herbst. Uh, I can't hear you. Kirby can't hear you. Hold on. Herbie, you there? Yeah, I'm here, bro. Oh, uh, where are you? Are you outside in the back there? A little barbecue? You about to cook something up? Yeah. No, maybe later today. Later today. How? By the way, how's the house in Orlando? It looks nice. This thing is like a uh, drug lord's mansion down here. <laughs> I, I mean, it is massive. It was the only one that we could get in like one day. So. A couple more people decided to come down here, um, so we had to get another. We have another mansion right down the street here. This was the only house that was available. I think it might be, and this is no ex, maybe forty thousand square feet. <laughs> For, it is next next level, but it's also costing uh, me a pretty penny. But let's talk about costing a penny. If the college football world was to not happen this year, Herb Street, everybody's talking about the safety of the players as they should be. We all understand that, but the financial thing was always going to be the thing that I. I thought was potentially going to be an issue not only just for the universities but the towns and everything else what are your thoughts right now on college football big 10 said they were out pac 12 and the big 10 have been together since 1946 lou holtz taught me that when they made the lou holt uh the rose bowl agreement but the sec is releasing their schedule i believe today it's seven the acc has said we're going to move forward and the big 12 said that what do you, do you think this is going to get off the ground or is this all uh kind of talk until we see some real action here I think it's talk. Uh, don't forget these other conferences. They announced their schedule releases, and like six days later, they canceled. So I, I don't think the announcement of a schedule means anything. But I do. I, you guys know how the SEC. They're going to go to the to the final day, and then they'll make their decision. I mean, if there's anybody that's going to play, Greg Sankey in the SEC. Um, I just find this whole thing public. You guys. I mean, you, you got a group of doctors from the Big Ten. I talked to some of the Pac-12 coaches, and they went in there really upset before the meeting because they were ready to like throw some some uh, you know some arrows at, at Larry Scott, the commissioner. And then they got done with the presentation from the doctors, and then they all this is from the coaches. They all kind of looked around each other like we can't play. There's no way we can play. Oh. And so they kind of they kind of if you've noticed the Pac-12, you don't hear a lot of bitching and complaining. It's just they're just kind of accepted it. 
the Big Ten is very different, man. I mean, as you guys know, Blue Bloods, the administrators, coaches, the players, um, ripping the conference publicly. They may rip them behind closed doors, but, man, they are crushing them. And so it just leaves all of us here on the outside. Like, I think you, you talked about it when you came back. If the players want to play, like, if they're good with the, the potential risk why, and the parents are good with it, then why not let them play? Like, I, I, that, that part is very, very confusing uh, to me, you know, when it comes to this whole thing. If players want to play then, and they know that they could get this thing and they're willing to take that risk, you know, the way it was being perceived about a month ago was like the coaches were dragging them by the neck, making them play. Yeah. You know, these dudes want to play football. Uh, it's pretty clear, pretty evident, because it's been taken away from them. So I don't know, man. I'm still kind of sitting in the pocket waiting to see these next. Call him back. Call him back. So what he said there was, he said that he knows every. Hey, Herbie, we're going to call you back. Oh, yeah, got you. So the um, he said that the SEC is going to wait until the final days. That Pac-12 presentation is what I was going to ask about. Like, will they ever make that Pac-12 presentation public? Because I think this was a big thing on ESPN. A lot of people are like, hey, be transparent with the information that you guys have because the NCAA doctor came out and said, oh, this is the Titanic. We're just trying to wait to see when the band is going to play. And it's like, well, what do you guys know that everybody else doesn't know? Because it sure feels like the players have not heard the same presentation as these Pac-12 coaches. And to Herbie's point, we didn't really hear the Pac-12. Pac-12 talking much early, though. We didn't hear, no. like, other than the USC, and that's right. Mike Bone coming yeah. from uh, yeah. Cincinnati there. But the Big Ten has always been very vocal about playing. Did they see, see the same presentation as Pac-12? I would assume. And then did the players also see it? Because they're still they're, – Justin Fields has got that entire petition, petition mm-hmm. they started with, what, over 200,000 signatures yeah, as like of this morning or something yeah. like that. This is It's just a wild time, and uh, nobody has any answers at all what's going to happen. Herbie, welcome back. Sorry, we got a bad connection on this side. The house is too big nope. <laughs> house is too big the um herbie what you just said there that pac-12 presentation that was given to the coaches and how everybody kind of uh dialed, dialed back on their frustration on not playing did the big 10 get that same presentation and do the players do they get a chance to see that presentation as well or are the players just going by what they're hearing what they're seeing and everything like that so i think the the, the maddening thing here for all of us is that there's not a roger goodell right oh. like we don't one voice we've got five silos we got larry scott and his team doctors you know going through the hot spots in la and out on the west coast right so he's doing his own thing and we got kevin warren in the big 10 and he's he's got his doctors and and they they discuss things the players are not involved in anything other than being relayed the message as to here's what's going down um they're not sitting there listening to the doctors uh the parents are not sitting there listening to the doctors the conference commissioner is listening to the doctors and the presidents are listening to the doctors. And then the presidents are making the chancellors are making the decision unilaterally for the conference. Then, you know, people like coaches that you would think they're fighting the fight are not in that meeting. It's the presidents, it's the chancellors, it's the doctors. To me, I, and I hear that, that's game set match. You know, if you if you don't have a coach or an AD or somebody from the football side of things, a player, you know, someone rep- representing a player, um, you know, you're going to look at it strictly from that list of. And I'm not saying, by the way, that you shouldn't take medicine and, and data into account. Obviously, <laughs> you should, but it's just bizarre. Like I'll talk 
guy from the Big Ten who's like, why are we not playing? You know, like a very influential guy. And I'll talk to another guy, a doctor, and he's like, why are we even talking about playing? Are you still got me? Yep. Why, another, a, a doctor I talked He knew it. He knew it. There's no chance they should be flying. It's one extreme or the other. Um, and then the latest is, of course, in the Big Ten, the players trying to get their voice. How about the Big Ten parents? Iowa, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, all these parents are, are trying to get to the commissioner to tell them, hey, let our kids play. Where this thing's going to lead, it's 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 kind of bizarre. Your kids are down at Clemson, and if we break up um, again, just know that we have loved talking to you. I mean, you are the greatest you're human the best, on earth. You, hey, you're the best from all the you're boys. The you're the best, Irvy. Hey, Irvy, you're, you're the best. best. Love you, hey, love you. Irvie, you're the best. Um, your kids are currently at Clemson, enrolled at Clemson. They have been doing online schooling until September 21st, I do believe. Uh, after when they end up going back to campus. And you see what's going on in Tuscaloosa right now in North Georgia, I believe, with these kids getting back on campus. And it just being green flag racing, basically. We're right back into regular life. Isn't it kind of interesting that the football players are not allowed to play football, but the rest of the college students are allowed to do whatever the hell they want. And the people that are making the decisions saying that they can't play football are because of the safety of the rest of the students. It seems like there just is a lot of things that are battling against each other when it comes to being decision-making. Will you send your kids to Clemson and be completely okay with whatever happens down there? Or are you just expecting them to be smart? So I dropped my kids at Clemson May 31st. They've been on campus. They take summer, uh, took summer one, summer summer one. They took online here in Nashville. Summer two, they took uh, at the facility, you know, on on their in their apartment. It was online, but they were working out. It was very bizarre. Uh, if you remember, Clemson was one of the first teams that publicly said, "Man, they got forty guys that are tested positive." Almost everyone was asymptomatic. Uh, my play, my 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 son's roommates, two of them tested positive. So they were dinged as direct contact. So they could not go to the facility for 14 days. It just, they were negative, but they were, that's the tough part. Imagine if we play is contact tracing is, you know, if you get it, we're at West Virginia and you got it. And me and you were boys. Now I'm out, you know, and it's like that to me is a challenge of how do you maintain a roster and how, who, who polices that? Like what's going on at Tuscaloosa? Versus what's going on in Morgantown versus what's going on at Baton Rouge. The contact tracing, guys that get dinged for 14 days that, that are negative, very bizarre and very difficult to manage that part of it. So my guys were out 14 days, but they've been there. Uh, in Clemson's case, even though they're doing online till middle September, their entire a lot of their students um, that live off campus are on they moved in this past weekend. So my kids are all fired up because there's humanity now. Uh, <laughs> on you know, as in females, um, <laughs> I'm guessing. So, yeah, they, they got that going on. And, and I saw a picture that Greg Byrne, the AD at Alabama, sent out. And he's like, please wear your masks. You got to know if you guys saw that on Twitter oh, yeah, yesterday. Mm-hmm. It was a few hundred Alabama people back on campus, not one person wearing a mask. I'm talking hundreds of people like sardines on this street. Looked like they were waiting to get into a bar or restaurant. They're college kids, man. I mean, they, they've been hold up for five or six months and now they're finally released 
You think they're going to wear masks and, and avoid public areas? So two weeks from now, now the good thing is I don't worry about my kids. Like I'm not going to bed at night or in if you look at the numbers, I mean, most of these kids that get it that are that age are asymptomatic. So, I mean, I guess I could go to bed freaking out every night about my kids getting this, but I don't. Uh, maybe some people do. But um, we'll we'll see how this, this next bump, uh, because of the kids going back on campus, how it, how it looks in a couple of weeks. Because I have a feeling the numbers, even though they'll be asymptomatic, hopefully most of them, I think the numbers are going to go through the roof in about two to three weeks. Do you think the SEC, the ACC, these con- in the Big 12, these conferences that would like to move forward and make this happen, do you think they have a plan? I mean, the MLB did not. The MLB had a plan for like if one or two people get it, not 22 people get it, what are they going to do? They had no idea. They Now they powered through it, though. To Rob Manfred's credit now, they are powering through it. They're postponing games now. That's going to all catch up to them, I think, in October. You can only delay things so much, and then something happens at some point. You have to make another decision. There's nothing like putting something off to tomorrow <laughs> and then putting something off to tomorrow and then putting something off to tomorrow. But they've been doing that type of thing in the MLB. Do you think these conferences are going to have to have a plan in place. I mean, they have to. They have to have a plan in place for if numerous kids get it, what do they end up doing? Do they delay? Do they just say, uh, what do you like? What do you think they're going to end up doing with that entire thing? You know, I, I think I, I think there's two areas that are, if they were to actually press for that are concerns. Uh, the testing, I've talking to a lot of these coaches, they, they want more testing, more consistency. This, like, every Wednesday is not working for them. Yeah. Uh, every day every other day type of testing that's why that saliva test i saw over the weekend from yale i don't know if college is going to be able to get their hands on that but that would help um with with what i'm hearing from the coaches they're one of their big concerns and the other thing is what i just talked talked about was the contact tracing um i I don't know how you coordinate that i I just don't you imagine i mean i hate i'm not ripping nick saban but you know, an Alabama player gets it. It's like, it's amazing. We don't have any racing. No, nobody was near this guy. <laughs> <laughs> he was a loner. He was a loner. Yeah, yeah he, he's been, we've kept everybody distance. You know, everyone's good. So, and then all of a sudden, you know, someone else gets it and they've got 15 guys out. So that, that part of it, I think, is a little bit of a wild card. I do think that the, the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12, as we sit here right now, they're probably on a Zoom call like this themselves. They're thinking that they're playing. Like, they're doing everything that they can to try to make the optics in their favor. They're trying to get different doctors on. They're trying to do anything they can to kind of persuade the public into buying in that these players are safe and it's okay. Uh, at the end of the day, I feel like, as you said, they've kind of kicked the can, right? They just keep kicking the can. And at some point, they're going to have to just Make the call. The SEC, I thought, was smart pushing their season back to September 26th. So if you do get that, kids come back on camp two weeks later, that that surge of, of testing being positive on the back end of that, maybe it comes back down and the SEC can still play. But as we sit here right now, guys, as much as I want college football, I, I really will still be surprised if, if they end up playing. No. Kirk. Kirk. Stop that. Kirk. Bro, <laughs> Kirk. football. Like I'll walk to the games from Nashville. Like I, I nobody wants college football more than me. Uh, I hope they play. They should play. I'm just telling you, when you get the doctors involved and the presidents involved, it's typically not going to go in your favor as an athlete. 
That's in every walk of life, by the way. That is that is not just with medicine. That is like if you did something and you have to go speak to the president. If you're an athlete, probably going the wrong direction. Back in the day, though, I heard that athletes used to get like that preferential treatment. I never experienced that at any level of my life. I, and I would, I mean, I was always, I got shackled for a public intoxication. I mean, I don't know how, how much more you got to go there. Um, so I got two final questions for you, and I thank you for your time. I know you're a busy man. You're Kirk, you're Kirk Herbstreet, by the way. So um, did you see the tweet this weekend from at Sir Yacht that says he has an insider that is saying that there are some teams in the Big Ten that are trying to play football this fall no matter what? Even though the Big Ten is scheduled for spring, there's football teams that are trying to play this fall no matter what. While you shake your head, is there any chance in your eyes with the people you've been around college football for 20-some years, you know every human at every single level of this thing, is there any chance that a team from the Big Ten plays in another conference outside of the Big Ten if the Big Ten's moved to spring and other conferences figure out a way to play this fall? Sir? Who said, who said that? Big what? Sir Yacht. He's a good dude. He's a big fan of the show. <laughs> Sir Yacht is his name. I, if that were to happen, it would completely dismantle. There would be no more conferences. Like the Big Ten, they, they will not tolerate even the idea of nebraska suggesting something publicly with scott frost saying hey we, we still have intentions of playing football the rest of the big 10 kind of looked at him like what what did you just say that you, there's no way that that's happening so no there, there's there's absolutely no chance that they're going to all get together and somehow <laughs> form, you know their own league or go join the big 12 or go join the acc no there's there's no chance that's happening it was so much fun to think about, though, Kirk. It was so well, much. Yeah, I love. Why not? You know, just Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, Iowa, all Nebraska. Whoever wants to play, just go, go, go play like backyard football. You know, just go play their own little league. That would be different. You know, I don't know if they'd allow that, but I, it, it, unless the Big Ten green lights it, these 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 guys as much as they want to play and they're furious. End of the day, they can't do it. All right, last question before we let you go, and we can't thank you enough. It's fight week. By the way, I got a big fight. fight. I got a big fight Saturday. Big fight. You see that? You're you're fighting? Yeah, wrestling. Come on. Oh. Oh, I see the guns, big boy. Hey, thank you. I've (laughs) lost some weight. I've lost some weight. I don't know if you can see it or not. Every time we'd see each other, I'm going on a diet. I'm going on a diet. <laughs> <laughs> hey, national championship game on the simulcast on the GameCast. I think yeah, I actually I, said in warm-ups, I was like, hey, we're losing weight tomorrow. <laughs> we're losing weight tomorrow. Uh, last thing before we let you go. If there's no college football in your eyes, in what you're thinking, it's inevitable. That must mean that you're preparing for Monday Night Football then because Ooh. the announcement was made just a few weeks ago that it will be Levy, Greasy, and Riddick Unless there is no college football, then Fowler and Herb Street will be put in there because they're our A team. So I don't know if that was an official announcement. I don't know if that was from actual ESPN or not. Hold on, hold on. But are you preparing for that? I think an official announcement's coming out in the next few minutes, like at like at ten thirty central. Um, I, I'm I am as of we as we sit here right now. I'm I'm going to call the. Uh, uh, one game, the opener, that's the early game. Uh, I think it's the Giants and the Steelers. And 
the other guys I think are calling the, the later game that weekend. Other than that, other or that night, other than that, bro, I got nothing for you. I don't know. football's canceled. I I don't know what happens. I I'm going to come sit on – do you have room on that couch so I can come <laughs> yes, hang out with you boys? Yes. We got room in the drug lord mansion we're currently having, and we would love to have you. Herbie, we appreciate you so much. You're the best, man. I can't thank you enough for what you've done for me, but also joining us for conversations. We're very, very thankful for you. Hey, congrats on all your success. Enjoy the, the mansion down there, and I'd love to hook up with you guys soon and, and continue to find out what's going on with college football. Uh, you're the man. Ladies and gentlemen, the voice of college football, Kirk Herbstreit. Yeah, Thank you, Harvey. This episode is brought to you by Fracture. Fracture turns your digital images into beautiful glass prints. That's right. They print your photos directly on glass, transforming your memories into handcrafted, frameless prints. My fiance just got one of these, uh, a Fracture print of our dog. Let me tell you, the quality is unmatched. I mean, it looks just like him. The artistry the the glass it's on it looks incredible got that thing sitting in my living room and it is a great great conversation piece fracture helps you focus on the moments that matter most by turning your favorite memories into beautiful glass prints fracture prints directly on durable glass with soft edges for soft handling and the prints come in multiple sizes no frame required and each print comes with a 100% happiness guarantee. If for any reason you do not love your print, Fracture will make it right. Glass prints also make unique gifts for your friends and family that they'll never forget. I got a wedding coming up. I can't think of a better gift to give a new couple than one of these Fracture prints of them. Maybe on like a beach or like on the Empire State Building, you know, a nice vista behind them. Fracture prints look incredible, and you really need to see them to believe it. Upload your photo at FractureMe.com slash Pat to print your photo on glass today. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. When you visit Fracture-Me-Dot-Dot-Dot-Com-Slash-Dash-Pat and enter promo code PAT20, you'll get 20% off your order. That's FractureMe.com slash Pat and enter promo code PAT20 to save 20% off your Fracture glass print. We thank Fracture for sponsoring this podcast. AJ, we are live on the YouTube. Welcome to McAfee and Hawk. It is fight week. Joining yeah. us from Columbus, Ohio. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the best jawlines ever walked this earth, Mr. A. Jay Hawk. Attaboy, AJ. What's up? Hey, Diggs. I haven't seen you in a while, man. How you doing? You're a married man now. Good. Thank you. It's great. Love the married life. He said marriage life, er, married life is awesome. He is in what us married people like to call the honeymoon phase. So <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. wait till you get to next week, pal. That's where I'm at right now. It is. <laughs> not the same? No, it actually is. It has okay. been pretty awesome. There has not been much change, to be honest with you. I mean, a lot more lovey-dovey. Yeah, that's, sure. that's A lot more future-thinky and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But it is... I thought there was potential, like, flip the switch happens because that's what a lot of people say whenever you take the jump. And, Ty, I know you're going to be doing it next year. Yeah. And there's some other people potentially around here that are going to be doing it. But AJ's been married, like, 45 years at this point with 10 kids, and he loves it. Look at him. Him and his wife are perfect. Still in the honeymoon phase. That's right. 14, yeah, 14 years, four kids later. So, yeah, it's going. It's better now than it ever was, man. That's how it should be. Have you really been married for 14 years? 
Yeah, I got married young. I think oh, I told shit. you, like, don't uh, – how we did it is probably not the – didn't give you the best chances to work out. Didn't know each other very well. Jumped in, got engaged <laughs> after four months. Bam, four kids, wow. 14 years. Now we know each other pretty well. So that whole moment uh, with you and Brady playing each other in a split jersey that you guys love talking about, what was that, like in the first month of your guys' relationship, that entire thing, you guys became a national couple in the first month of your guys knowing each other? It was probably month three, I would say. And then you got married the month after that? You're like, fuck it. We just beat your brother. Let's get married. <laughs> I got engaged, uh, yeah, maybe maybe a month or two after that game, I think. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think if when someone presented this half-and-half half jersey to her and I, she's like, I don't know, should I wear it? And I said, yeah, why not? If I wasn't that serious about her, I would have said, nah, nah, just keep that thing on me. Keep that in the couch. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need pictures of that to last forever. AJ, did you hear Herb Street on the show earlier today? I didn't. I was I was about to watch the clip, and you guys called me. Wow. Okay. Oh yeah. Sure. Yeah, sure. Thanks for calling yeah, the yeah. product. The, uh, Get up at five thirty. Herb Street was very very negative. Very very. Is that negative. some series sitting on the, the couch with you? Yeah, I'm on the couch, baby. He talked oh, a little. What's up, man? He talked <laughs> some. Uh, we talked some UFC fight, which you and I will get into. But I want to ask you about this Herb Street conversation because he was very negative. If you do recall, AJ Herb Street joined us back in March, and he was like, "Well, fuck it, basically, cancel the football season already." We knew nothing about COVID, but we saw March Madness get postponed and canceled. We saw the NBA get canceled. We saw spring training get canceled, and he was like, "Well, fuck, you might as well just go ahead and get rid." of the and we're like herbie don't need your Calm negativity down. stop it, it. and then now he was on the show today and he's basically like hey i don't know how the sec the acc or the big 12 pull this off it feels like they're just delaying 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 in your eyes as a man who lives hot in big 10 country how are the people going to be able to handle this if there is no fall football season it's going to be a tough one i, I know i i'm sure you've talked about the justin fields petition oh, that he yeah. already has over what two hundred thousand signatures like the before I even get to the rest Dick's of it, do you think that matters? Like, is that going to have any impact? Can it have an impact? No, that doesn't matter. Just like when, now granted, I'm happy that Justin Fields has the leadership and the initiative ability to put this together and it to be a successful petition. But just like we've been saying all along this entire time, even with Trevor Lawrence coming out and saying we want to play and there potentially being a player coalition for the first time in the history of the NCAA, none of it matters because the people that are making decisions in college sports are people that don't necessarily have to love college sports. I mean, it, it it's, it's kind of a – I think they're kind of – you know, it seems like you, you're potentially in Shit's Creek without a paddle, pal, and, it, and that's kind of how it's always been in the NCAA when it comes to the players and their voices and their opinions and their ideas. Yeah, yeah it does. I mean, I, I think if people in Ohio are sitting here in a couple months and they're watching teams in the SEC and the ACC play football games, they may uh, – I don't know. It may bring up some, some anger that they have may. underneath the surface. And I don't know if they know exactly who to take the anger even out on. That's the thing. Like, where – who do they point it to? Right now it seems like they're – at least the Big Ten people are directing their anger towards Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner who has only had the job for, what, six months by now. So Poor guy. Not even six months, I don't think. He's got no shot, that guy. Kevin Warren's got no shot. How about coming into a commissioner of a league that's massive? The previous guy had 30 years. Then you hit a worldwide pandemic. And then a potential pausing of the sport that is beloved by most of the schools in there. You are completely in a terrible spot. But the thought of, did you see at Sir Yacht, uh, Ohio legend, tweet this weekend? You saw that? Yeah. Did you know who Sir Yacht was before that tweet went viral? 
I did not. You you kind of put him on my radar. I did not know who the fuck he was either. <laughs> but boy, he is what we like to call a polarizing figure. I got a lot of tweets from people that were like, "Thank you for showing love to Sir Yacht without Barium," because you know all the people who have insiders right now. If Sir Yacht gets a scoop over them, they hate Sir Yacht. Mm. Like so, he was getting bashed by a lot of people, and then I got a lot of people tweet me like, "Why are you retweeting some troll like Sir Yacht?" And then I got other people that are like, "Hey." Sir Yacht was ahead of everybody whenever it came to football being postponed. Sir Yacht's got high inside sources, even though you don't know about him. I'm like, hey, I'm just excited to see what the fuck happens with Sir Yacht. And Sir Yacht is very much for the brand. The guy has a for the brand shirt and watches the show. So I'm, I'm hoping this guy is right. But everybody seems to say that there's no chance any Big Ten teams play in any other conference other than the Big Ten this fall. Well, you would think it sounds pretty tough, doesn't it? When, when Kevin Warren comes out and says, oh, yeah, Nebraska wants to go. Good luck. Have fun. You're not allowed back in the Big Ten. He basically tried to say, and I'll take your 52 mil. Yeah, but like if that's what if you're Ohio State, though, you Carmelo Anthony that thing, mm-hmm. and you say, hey, what, you're not going to let us back in the Big Ten? We are the Big Ten. How about that? You know, you don't, you won't let us back in the Big Ten? We'll just leave then. That's cool. We'll be independent like Notre Dame, and we'll get fucking national television every single weekend. We'll be ranked in the top five because we're going to get a bowl game. That's what we'll do, Big Ten, if you want to do it. And then they could do that, by the way. They're not, though. Their fans, though, want them too bad. You, Hey, the Ohioans are loud on the internet right now. What's up, Connor? Couldn't they do like some sort of temporary uh, conference? So instead of they, instead of them leaving and going with the SEC or whatever, um, like half of the Pac-12 perhaps, could you see that happening? Pac-12 and Big Ten teaming up? Yeah, just half, because you got to think, there's five teams from the Big Ten, there's probably four or five from the Pac-12 that still want to play Oregon. What USC. conference would they play in then? It would just be like a temporary mixed conference just between the two of them, just ten teams. See, but the issue there is if it works... If it works, right. what happens for the future of these conferences? That That's kind of what uh, Herb Street alluded to whenever I told him about this super conference, which he was very negative about, AJ. I mean, he was... Wait, why, why is he negative about teams trying to play? Well, he's not... He actually wants... He said, hey, if the players say they want to play and the parents say they want to play and the coaches say they want to play, let them play. Like, Herbie is very much like... Uh, Hey, let them play. But then he also is getting the information that these presidents are getting from medical experts and all this other shit that they're seeing for their votes. So I think Herbie is kind of conflicted. You know what I mean? But Herbie is very much like, a, hey, if they want to play, let them play. Because Herbie, by the way, is college football. So college football happening is good for Kirk Herbstreit personally, professionally, you name it, especially with his kids playing for Clemson and everything, everything like that. But he feels as if with the way things are going in the, the information that's being shared with these presidents who are voting, that there's just no fucking shot is basically what he's saying. It feels like there's no fucking shot. That's not what he said, obviously, because he's Kirk Herbstreit. But it does feel as if that's what he was alluding to, AJ. Well, it does feel that way. I mean, I don't know. I think they're going to try to find a way. It's like everyone's going hour by hour to try to figure out, and it has to be a good sign right now that today a lot of NFL teams are practicing in pads for the first time. Like, how weird does that look to see, like, oh, this is like a – there's a football practice happening, and they're going to be hitting each other. That just seems so just awkward right now. That's what we talked about. Now, I, they asked me, like, is there a special excitement in the air when it's full pads? And I might be wrong in saying this, and our locker room might be different than your locker room. No veteran player likes full pads. It, it doesn't matter if it's day one or day 30 of full pads. Everybody's counting down the days for the amount of full pads that are allowed to happen in training camp. Young guys who want to prove themselves, I assume, that they might be excited or whatever. But everybody would much rather wear uppers and just kind of get through the deal. You know what that is. But for me as a fan, as opposed to just a player, seeing full pads and hearing about full pads, like, hey, fucking football. 
football's happening. Like, yeah. okay, oh, this oh, is happening. Yeah. Now, who knows what's going to happen whenever guys are breathing, sweating, tackling, leaning, all that stuff, and potentially fornicating off the off the field and doing whatever and coming back and tackling, leaning, and all that stuff. But, man, it's going to feel good to see some highlights from these practices, even though they're going to be shitty football and nowhere near what actual football looks like because it's the first couple of days of training camp. I'm excited to see this whole thing pop back off, AJ. I think this year, don't you think – if there's any year that it actually does matter a little bit, this year full pads, even for veterans, has a different feel because okay. you think like it probably gives you some hope. Normally you're thinking, all right, well, I got to deal with the whole hoopla of first day in pads and everyone's <laughs> all excited and coaches are all jacked up. They've acted like we'd never hit anybody before. <laughs> I'm a 31-year-old guy and I'm wearing full pads for the 22nd first time I've done this you know, in the <laughs> fall, and it's always a big deal for some reason. So you – I think now, though, it is. It's almost maybe it gives them some hope. It gives the fans hope. I feel like us watching on TV gives me hope to think, hey, maybe they're going to figure this out. And I think for players, they go out there, they they bash each other's skulls in for two and a half hours of practice. They're sweating on each other. They're incidentally spitting on each other. Some guys pee on themselves. I don't know if that's still allowed in COVID. It's usually on game day for most of my ex-teammates that I play. They have not said anything about peeing on yourself. In baseball, you're not allowed to spit, but you can pee and defecate if you have to, I believe, Mm -hmm. are in the rules. So piss is still good. Yeah, piss is still Mm -hmm. good. COVID can't be not transferred by uh, by, uh, pee. Dr. Z. Hey. Double baby Z. Yeah, so guys are getting after you. I didn't even think about maybe the thought is like, okay, here's a little normalcy. We finally get to hit each other. But I think with this training camp routine, tested in the morning, then this, then this, then this, I feel like this training camp might be more exhausting for guys who actually have to do stuff like linebackers and other positions as opposed, than anything else. But also that mental carriage of potentially not having a season at one point to now having a season, there is probably some real excitement about, hey, we're fucking doing this and we're moving forward with this. What up, Ty? Do you know, like, typically you guys would get there pretty early. Do, do guys have to go earlier to get through all the COVID testing so that they can have, like, practice start on time when it's supposed to? I would assume there's an entire, like, whenever you have – at training camp, you have breakfast at a certain time. You have to get checked into. They check you in. They have somebody standing there. And that's a good person to befriend, by the way. Okay, Especially if you don't have beatings in the morning that matter and you would like to not have to wake up at fucking 6 a.m. when you don't have to do anything till noon. That's a good person to befriend. Checking guy. Yeah, but they are also just – it's for your health. You know, you got to eat so you have energy and, and all that. So they check in for there. I would assume there's an entire – allotment as if it's a meeting or as if it's a breakfast check-in like okay testing happens from this time walkthrough happens at this time like i assume there's an i I assume it's just an added thing into the regimen would you think the same thing aj yeah from anything everything i've watched like uh some of the things will take you behind the scenes and show like coaches over the last couple weeks what they're doing getting back in the facility it's just an added thing that you have to build into your schedule and i'm sure the first 10, 14 days, don't you think there's so many players that are late to a meeting? Oh. They're, like Coaches are just going to have to understand for right now. There's going to be coaches that have to go through the protocol, and if they didn't get there early enough, they may, they may show up a little bit later. They might not be there for the first team meeting when the, the head coach is speaking. But, man, I don't know. Like, it would be cool, though. The, the best part about this for the players, at least, is that they don't have to stay in a dorm or a hotel. They all get to go back to their homes or their apartments or condos, wherever they're staying, or hotels like a lot of young guys will be in. But isn't there a total, like a max amount of time they're allowed at the facility each day? So it's, uh, isn't it a lot less in-person time for them? I would assume there's some sort of regulations on how much time you get in there. But that's probably being changed as well because of the addition of the time that you have to take to do the COVID testing and all that shit. But you're right. The, the thought that guys are just allowed to go home 
at this point when other years are not by the way other years you're all staying in the same place now this year you all go back to your individual homes is that from what we know about this situation is that smarter or not yeah that's the best part and it's also the worst part <laughs> if some guys leave and get it right because there's all those young guys that are on the team and but aj remember the cowboys they got a bubble hotel down there if you want to go in uh, you know what i mean and it, 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 does it matter if everybody isn't in there uh, well, it's not technically a bubble then at that point, but there is the option to potentially lock yourself down until you have to go do something, then come back and lock yourself yeah. down. It's all very interesting to see how this is going to play out. It's a lot of onus on the fucking players, though. I mean, there is so much onus on the players and the coaches, by the way. Let's not get it twisted here. Those, um, the GAs, what they're called in college, but like, uh, little young assistants, they're, they're living the same, they're trying to live the same life as a lot of players, by the way. They don't have anywhere near the money, but they're like 22, 23 years old. They're holding cards up for practice and scout team. They're, you know, they're potentially out there moving and grooving as well. There's a lot of accountability that's going to have to take place. And if the NFL can pull this off, even though the Seattle Seahawks proved that it's going to be difficult with old buddy trying to dress a, a girl up like a player to get in there, <laughs> this would be something that should be talked about a little bit more. It's like, hey, these NFL players, when they had to strap in, they were able to strap in instead of strapping up and slinging that dick around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a big deal. AJ, well, you- don't you think right now they're fine, though, Pat? Like right now in the, in the heart of camp, yeah. you're good. The tough thing is going to be once camp is winding down and you make the final rosters, like do they still have that little, you know, the last weekend before you start your first game week of practice? A lot of times you have that little day and a half, two days off maybe where you're trying to get your final roster oh, situated. Yeah. Like that's going to be the tough time when people make it. They make the team. They just want to see some other humans for once and be excited about the fact that they're on the NFL roster. I got to travel down to uh, Tennessee, down in Knox, Vegas, with uh, the sheriff those weekends. Boy, that was a good time. (laughs) What would you guys do? What's his reception? We go to a game. We went to a game. And when you land there, you drive down – well, when we landed there, there was uh, quite a spread of humans there waiting for us, governor, mayor, you name it. But then it, it, there was, I looked around like uh, four or five times. was like, what the fuck? <laughs> sure. it, it was my rookie year. I was like, oh, I guess I made the team too, by the way. I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. There's yeah. nothing for me to worry about, I guess, here. We land there. We go. We go. It was their first weekend, you know, because that's normally their first weekend is the, the final team make. So we go down there. You, we drive down Manning Way. Okay. Outside the stadium, it's called Manning Way. Then there is a photo of Peyton Manning on the side of the stadium. It's like, oh god, damn! And I'm in a, I'm in an SUV with the mayor of Knoxville and the governor of Tennessee. And I'm like, and I'm like, what the fuck? Why? He's the most powerful man in Tennessee. Why am I here right now, having a good old time? But that weekend is the first weekend out of camp. It's like these college kids that are going back to campuses fresh out of quarantine. Mm-hmm. You just got locked down in training camp. You're if you think you've made the team that weekend is your first like real it's like an off season weekend for the first it's like a bye week before the season gets started. There's going to be a lot of discipline that's going to have to be shown. And whenever somebody isn't disciplined, he's going to get mocked and made fun of. And I would like to to be very well known here on August 17th fight week that if I was one of those young guys, boy, I would be somebody that would they should fucking maybe lock in my house. I would have been tough to I would have no fear of this thing especially with what they're saying potentially protects yourself from it there's a lot of studies saying that marijuana is just like a inside like a superhero against covid in your lungs allegedly there's some studies that say that i would have been like guys boys don't worry about it i've just been smoking this whole time i'm off and running don't even worry about it what up Diggs? 
Oh, my bad. I was just listening to that. Oh, I thought think, you were say something to Adrian. You think vets are going to be partnered with young guys to basically make sure they're checking on them and they're not fucking around? Did you guys do that in college, like a big brother, little brother type thing? Uh, whenever you got, like, freshman? We had that in college. I never had that in the NFL. It was always just assumed, like, you control your room. Like, the vet controls the room. Kind of not control, but monitor the room. I'd assume that would be the same initiative for this particular case. Well, yeah, and you can't... You don't have roommates. They're not going and staying together in a hotel during camp. So yeah, you can have. I'm talking about. Uh, I'm talking about uh, position. Yeah, I know. Like with your room, like you can control your room. You can be assigned to a certain guy. But what are you going to do? You're going to tell this dude, "Hey, I want you to turn the GPS on in your phone. I want you to share that with me. I need to know where you're going to be at all times. And if you're anywhere outside of your house, you're inside some restaurant, and you don't have a mask on, like I'm going to kill you. Like hey. that. You can't keep track of people all day, every day. Hey, listen, you're going on airplane mode. And by the way, you don't even get fucking Wi-Fi, okay? You're going Amish, motherfucker. That's what we're doing. You are going Amish. There's no contact with the outside world. We are here to play football for the next six months because I want my check. I want you to get your check, and let's move forward. That's going to be the ultimate motivator, I think, is the check. Like Mike Pouncey was on uh, last week, and he said that, hey, if we want our full checks, okay, if we want our full amount of money, we got to get through this season. That is a great way to keep people motivated, the pocketbook. But you got to keep, you got to remind folks of that, I think, on a very regular occasion. Especially young guys. Like I, you just said it, like you couldn't, like how would you have trusted yourself back oh. then, your, your first three, four years in the league? And I don't think, like, I understand why guys probably feel like, hey, I'm good. Like I'll be fine. I can go pop in here, pop in there, figure it out. Like I'll be all right. And you're good until you're not good. That's the problem. So it seems like, Players are taking a lot of responsibility on, and I mean, I guess it'll it'll be a little bit of a, a test to the some of the veteran teams, like the veteran leadership. Hey, do I truly like want to be accountable to these guys, and will I sacrifice some things I may get off the field? And and you know what, just hang back, and, and hopefully it all works out. I mean, that's what it seems like is happening right now. But I mean, so there's a long time for these guys to have to kind of tr- stay hunkered down when they're not at the facility. I don't know if there's a class for being locked down for five, six months. No, I don't know if there's a class for prison. And by the way, you just got in the NFL. You just got money for the first time in your life. You are living in a city where all your boys do not live. I mean, it's just there is that's quite an onus that we're putting on them. But hey. You don't fucking do it. We're going to make fun of you very heavily for not respecting the shield, not respecting your teammates, and being a wild, out-of-control human being who can't be trusted with anything. And by the way, you'll probably never be back in the NFL again. That corner from Seattle, probably never going to get a shot again, that guy. Yeah. Which, I mean, trying to sneak somebody into the hotel to potentially, you know, spoil Mr. Unlimited's yeah. uh, opportunity uh, there. On. I mean, that's a much different thing than if you were to go out and bounce around. But this is going to be tough for the fucking NFL guys. The college kids... I don't know. I, Impossible. College me? And I'm what? I'm looking out the door of my house, and there's just, what, a shit show happening everywhere? And I'm like, nope, that's not not doing that. Can't do it. Not going to do it. And by the way, what if somebody at that party that was next door gets it? Then they trace contact? What? Because I was in oh, the area. Like, who? I don't, the, the more and more Herb Street talked earlier, the more and more I was like, man, they got no fucking shot at college football. No chance. Did you see those hey, what lines? what would you do? Hey, Pat. Put yourself at say you were going into your senior, you were in your senior year at West Virginia. You peek out your front door, you see a nice little party happening out front. Oh, hey, this is cool. Oh, hey, free vitamins. I might, I might check it out. No, it can't do it. Got to pull myself back. And then you see another starter on the team, one of your teammates who you like. He's in that with that crowd. Do you yell at him and bring? You don't want to bring him into your house because then he'll give you COVID if he picked it up. Or did you just say, hey, I'm in, bud, and you just 
tap yourself in and you just enjoy it with him and the, the crew the rest of the night. How close is he to me on the team? Is he in my world on the team? Or is he? He's not a specialist, but he's a guy that you hang out with occasionally. Well, if he because if he ends up getting it, I'm going to get locked yeah. down anyways right. because context. So I'm going. I'm going with him to be a good teammate. <laughs> By the way, accountability buddies. Yes, hey, well, I'll make sorry. sure you have your mask on except for when we're bonging beers and hitting bongs. And then you make sure I do the same and we'll get through this together. And then we just act like this never fucking happened and just hope nobody takes any pictures of your big ass crowd surfing potentially here in about 15, 20 minutes. It would be difficult. It would be very, very difficult. And everybody has said that there's no way these college students are going to abide by these rules with social distancing and stuff. And everybody's like, oh, the college kids, they, they want to get their degrees. They'll take care of it. First weekend of some campuses opening up, it is right back to normal. It doesn't even exist down there. Yeah. And I'm very intrigued to see how. And, and AJ, here's a question I had earlier. How come the regular students are allowed to do whatever the regular students want to do, but the players aren't? Are they not now treating the players differently than they're treating the regular students? Which isn't that an NCAA violation because you're treating the players special as opposed to the regular students, AJ? Riddle me that. Riddle me fucking that there, pal. You stumped me, man. I don't have an answer. I mean, you're right. It's so it's such a factual statement. But are they are regular students? I shouldn't say regular students, just non- NCAA college athletes that NARPs. are attending a school, are they allowed to do whatever they want? Like they what still did you just call them, Connor? They said NARPs, non-athletic regular people. Oh, I, I thought you called them mutts. I was oh, like, no. no, why are you? <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, there's mutts. no reason. No. Um, NARPs. The it's, people that enjoy the shit out of college. Yes. I, I mean, that is. It sure looks like they're doing whatever the hell they want. Everyone's going to. They don't care. Do they have any regulations on the students? Like, are, uh, Well, and also Mark Emmert only referred to the athletes as students too so isn't it the same uh, yeah. by the way here anytime we got to see mark emmert's talk last week and by the way not bad not a bad speaker not as bad as rob manfred i don't think it was as bad i did gain a little bit of respect for rob manfred during that entire speech but you could tell that big code trigger words in the ncaa building is you don't refer to them as anything other than students and he was talking about the athlete we got to make sure we're safe enough for the students to play and blah 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 it's like oh why don't you say the generators of capital? Yeah, can you, the part can you that say, makes you billions. Can you say the, oh, the workers? Can you say that? Or no, no, students, students, students. Of course it is. Um, let's move to the UFC fight this past weekend. Did you see the fight card 252 at all, AJ? I know you're a big mixed martial arts fan. Yeah, I saw most of it on, on replay. I, I got it and was not able to stay awake for it and oh, saw yeah. it the next day. I, I don't know. They're, by the way, when I was on with Dana White live on his IG to hype up the weekend, obviously, um, congrats. Yeah, how'd that go, by the way? I didn't get to see it. Well, the biggest issue here is everybody knows my house, not this house. This house has 5G internet, <laughs> yeah. which I need to get in my fucking house stat. I need to get this internet to my house stat. My house has no internet. The day of the draft, the last day of the draft, it has internet, but it's just so shit. And there's no phone service because I'm out in the middle of nowhere a little bit. So it, it's been a, quite a problem. I mean, it has been quite a problem for me posting things, especially when you run an internet business. Not having internet at your house is problematic. So we kind of got to fix a little bit. But I was supposed to go live on the last day of draft with Hot Rod, Rodrigo uh, Blankenship, the kicker for the Georgia Bulldogs. I was supposed to go on ESPN 
NFL ESPN NFL's live account with him for like five ten minutes going into draft day to ask him how he's feeling because everybody was presumed that he was going to get drafted. I couldn't get connected to the fucking internet on my phone to do IG live like five minutes before it happened, so I couldn't even couldn't even get on the thing to do the interview. Which, by the way, turns out to be good because he didn't end up getting drafted. So I assume anything that he would have said there would have got shoved in his face. He's not with the Colts. He's in competition with Chase McLaughlin for the kicking gig. I'm excited to see how that works out. So this was my only other time trying to do Instagram live was this one and I was at my house and he tweeted or Instagram posted it was going to be at 530 turns out it happens at five okay so I get a text message in the middle of my stairmaster climb no big deal climbing these stairs and I, they're like hey are you good to go in a couple minutes uh, I'm like yeah sure let's rock or whatever so now I have to find one spot in my property that has good service so I find this one little piece of the driveway that had four bars as opposed to two bars everywhere else I get on there he's connected I try to connect to him and Dana leads off with saying oh shit it's not connected I'm like oh no oh no it's gonna happen again we get connected six minutes conversation i dropped uh, that asshole ariel hawani's name in there i predicted <laughs> it would go to a decision which was right but i said cormier would win because of his retirement turns out stipe monster animal great guy ohioan he is the heavyweight champ can't wait to see who's next born but i enjoyed the hell out of talking to dana white i think he enjoyed it a little bit too uh, the, the last time he did this for ufc 251 or whatever uh lil wayne was the guest so quite a drop down and i told him that immediately that i should not be on this call but i think he enjoyed the conversation he's a legend that guy oh i'm sure he enjoyed it are you kidding me what do you think how do you like stipe's hair he grew it out a little bit remind you a little bit of when when john cena grew his hair out and started wrestling again see i did not know that stipe normally had short hair i did not know that so when i saw because i think i saw him with a hat i think he had a hat on at the columbus uh ohio state college game day thing he was by the way such a gentleman there he crowd surfed with me at that thing i mean it was awesome but he walked in when i saw him in the weigh-ins he just looked yeah massive and lean and he was so much bigger than cormier and then he hit him with that shot early and they think that's what messed up his eye and then the poke later obviously ended that cornea thing but i was wondering this because dana and everybody was like it wasn't the poke in the eye that got the eye it was a punch earlier that kind of offset it and then the poke happened i would assume there's a lot of those feints like you're kind of squaring the person up. And since Cormier couldn't see out of that left eye. Now, this is not me speaking for Cormier. Cormier hasn't seen this. That left little arm there as like a judge of how far he is or whatever. I would assume normally the head moves with that from Cormier. But since he couldn't see anything in there, that thing went, what, three knuckles deep in his eyeball? And then it was over. He fucking couldn't see a single thing. Stipe, the fireman, gets a big win. I mean, I, I guess it's... Yeah, it's a bit controversial, but you're right. He, he got caught with a shot early, but you just look at that picture. You tell me, okay, that that have obviously affected him a lot. But do they? It's all. It goes back to the old argument. Everyone's always talking about getting the UFC needs to get new gloves because guys are always reaching out, gauging distance with that that little jab hand. John Jones, it happens all the time. I think it's just sometimes it's just a habit on how they kind of oh, just dude. how they move and they Bro. your fingers are extended, man. You're gonna catch them. You catch a. I think if you got uh, a couple. Uh, like nails right into your eyeball and scratch your cornea with your quads. What are you doing? Well, I wanted to show you what I watched John Jones. Do. These these shorts are obviously pretty tight around the thighs. I'm getting pretty comfortable there. <laughs> but uh, a lot of conversation about that guy from the Packers, by the way, with his quads. Oh, AJ, AJ Dillon. Dillon. Yeah. They look good. Those look good. I, allegedly, Connor said he tackled Not that alleged. guy in high school. The, the clip is coming. Don't worry. It's I watched alleged. John Jones, though, in Baltimore. I forget who he fought. He did the entire Ray Lewis entrance or whatever. I mean, it was fucking electric in there. I watched him just hold a guy's head like this for, I think, three rounds. Just held a guy's head like this. And as soon as he let go, elbow to the guy's face yeah. and then right back to his head. Then elbow 
elbow to his face. I think he could have ended it maybe 10 seconds in. He was just toying with the guy because it was his first fight back. But that's a big – you see a lot for the one-two. There's, like, a lot of, like – it's almost like a gauge where he's at. Okay, bang, we come in over the top. And that one just so happened to go right in the suck order. And right he was eating – Stipe was throwing right, so that was the eye he couldn't, couldn't really see. see with the right hand. So, I mean, he really was and, fucked. Hey, now, uh, to DC's credit, in the first round, he had Stipe. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, wow. he, had Stipe. Like, he had him – he had a – a bit wobbly. A bit Let me wobble back to me corner. You know, and if he would have got him, I think he potentially ends it. But those guys are two fucking warriors. A lot of big boys swinging hands at each other on Saturday night. A lot, a lot of big hands being swung. Yeah, and, then shook, hey, and then Sugar Sean. Do we need Sean. a fourth one? That was their trilogy. Do we need to see a fourth fight now just because the eye poke kind of threw us off? Cormier said he only fight for championships. Doesn't see that coming in the future. I don't know if Dana White's going to be pushing that either. I would assume they move to the next one. I would like to see Cormier just do fucking commentary, though. He's yeah, really good on it. He's that. phenomenal on commentary. I tell you, the hot one, though, that got everyone talking as soon as the DC Stipe fight was over. John Jones jumps right on his yeah. Twitter. He's ready to fucking go to heavyweight, man. He's been he's been dying for it. And then what's his face told him the waiters? Nganu. Nganu said, "You need to wait your turn. I got next. If we got Nganu and Bones or Stipe and Bones, oh. I am here for it. And if you're Bones, by the way, you've probably been eating a little bit, lifting a little bit while your time. You're like, I'll go up to heavyweight. Sure, fucking what? I don't have you, to cut thirty pounds no, anymore. You take a look at his IG, man. Jones has been he's gotten really heavy into Olympic style powerlifting. That's why it got me here, by the big, way. Big, big squats, deadlifts guy. He's uh, he's trying to bulk up, man. Put some weight on those chicken legs. Hang clean, power clean. Bones, what? He's like six He's like six fuck-ups away from being the greatest fighter of all time. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's basically what they're like, just grace. I get... By the way, I got a chance to, after that fight where he was just toying with the guy, I got a chance to party with him and the family, the after party and everything. Very nice man. He just seems like he gets into situations that are not great for him and his career or for the UFC. That was a guy at one time, AJ, I thought he could do the Floyd Mayweather and sell out his own fucking pay-per-view if he wanted without the UFC whenever he was going. Because remember, he was a Nike athlete. He was on the cover of He was John Bones Jones yeah. was household name in UFC, and there wasn't a lot of household names. I thought there was a chance he could become his own businessman. He obviously stayed with the UFC, kept doing his thing, fucked up a couple times. If he gets back in there, that's only good news for the UFC. I think how good he was was almost like a detriment to his career because he he just cleaned out that division and made those fights look so easy that it was like, you know, I mean, it, it seems like anytime. He fights now. It's like, okay, yeah, John Jones is going to win. Zito just sent me a picture. It turns out Stipe did not have a hat on at college game day. <laughs> he did have short hair, and I was talking with him face-to-face. -face. <laughs> Fact-checking, baby. Fact-checking. Fact check by Zito. He was a good guy over there. I hope Bones gets back in, though, man. He was awesome to watch. Gotta. UFC needs those guys. Like, the big fights are the ones that, you know, well, at least me, like, I only watch the big ones. I'm not going to watch the one every week. Sugar well, Sean just lost because of a potential nerve getting kicked out in his shin or a hurt ankle, and he couldn't plan on it. That's a big name that everybody was starting to love yeah. then uh you got the um uh street jesus masvidal he lost taking the fight last minute basically did not look his best yep. conor mcgregor's not fighting this year steve i mean they the now granted dana will figure it out and people are watching ufc fights because people love it but they do need their big names to continue to go on a run and uh sugar sean getting hurt was kind of a bummer aj stop yeah, every time Sugar Sean seems like he's always like on the cusp of becoming a superstar. So yeah, it sucks that this happened to him. I mean, he's like the he's like the people's champ already. The dude has a different hairstyle and dies a different way. Did you see it was it true he dyed his hair the same colors as the Ecuador. flag of where yeah, Marlon Vera's yeah. from? Yeah. These are right? from Ecuador? Yeah. 
Did anybody ask him how fucking hot it is down there? Because <laughs> I've never met anybody from Ecuador, but all I've ever heard is like, oh, you think it's hot? Well, you should be fucking Ecuador or whatever. I'm like, well, I've never been. I've never met anybody there. That's that I've heard that's the hottest place on earth. Right on the equator. Right, yep. But turns out Death Valley had its the hottest days in the history of existence, I guess, here the last couple of days. What was it? Did 130 you, degrees yesterday. 130 degrees in Death Valley, AJ. Don't go over there. I like to stay. But it feels good in Orlando. No humidity, right? I'll tell you what, pretty thick, but we're inside now. If you do see, we did learn from our mistakes whenever you were down here for a couple of days, which, by the way, I heard you're coming back down Wednesday, right? Yeah, most likely, yeah. Okay. Well, well, I mean, well, I mean am I coming back down really. to, am I going to be doing the show in, in this house yes. or the old house? This, What's going on? This house. This is where it'll be happening. We learned from last week, okay? We learned from last week. That patio... 700 fucking degrees out there. Okay, it was very hot, sweaty. You get up from there, every piece of my body was drenched. And I would have to, like, I did not pack enough clothes, okay, to deal with sweating (laughs) through all my jorts and all my underwear here three times a day. So this time, when we got in this drug lord house, we're like, let's set it up right here. 5G internet on this fucking thing. It's bad. I mean, AJ, we are living high society for this fight week but i need you to get my back when i walk back into the building that kicked me out of there this is just i talk about this in during the show it's like i've been kicked out of a club or a bar before in the next by the bouncers the next time i'm going back there i'm not fucking walking back alone to all these bouncers I, i've got some friends am i we cool are we cool here or not we cool we, we're cool and if they say yeah i still don't trust them because they might be fucking lying it might be a problem that's what happened the last time i was in the nxt building they invited me back here on wednesday i got pushed out of there by triple h and all their fucking wrestlers i need to bring some of the toughest people i know that's why i asked you and your jawline so if you don't come potentially dead man wednesday night by an entire fucking building you ever think about that well, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see it. What do you? Who, oh, you'd so love, to see, oh, okay. you'd okay. love to see it. Jesus, you love to see it. What the hell is wrong with you? Where's the support? Hey, so the, the 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 wrestler Adam Cole, he's the guy who punked you in your studio. I know that, but he has a crew of his guys. What are they called again? The Undisputed Era. Oh, so you need help. You don't want the Undisputed Era jumping in. And, no, and listen, I'm not scared. On on you. I'm not scared of the Undisputed Era, no. okay? They can all get it. They, they can literally all get it. They but now, it. whenever you're talking about Triple H, two hands on my chest, push out. I watched it. I was, I was proud of you for not falling down. Athlete. Athlete, by the way. And also, a couple times I was like, what the fuck? Am I supposed to... Does nope. this guy? Hey, Cerebral. Do you, Does he need to get it? You, this guy, you want one of these? Yeah. Huh, pal? You want one of these as well? But I get out of it. It wasn't just them. Like, it was... The wrestlers who were the audience, they were all telling me to get the fuck out. I mean, it was like, it was maybe the. Do you think they were probably, like, they genuinely hate you? They probably don't like you showing up. Yes, they genuinely hate me. So does the wrestling community. That's why I'm not walking back in there alone. That's why I asked you to come, and now it's all of a sudden, uh, maybe I'd like to see it, he said, by the way. I'd like to see it. I'd like to see you just go fucking in there and die. He's one of those WWE guys. Despicable. I'm surprised. Honestly, like, did you in that moment after you you kicked right. old buddy and Triple H pushed you a couple of times? Did you like it had to cross your mind like, hey, I should probably push this dude back, right? When Triple H pushed me, yeah, yeah. But there was a lot of looking around. You know, there was a lot of like, I was like looking around because you got to remember that's Mr. H's business down there. So those are all his people. And if you've ever heard him like talk for NXT, it's like we are NXT. Like he is the the colonel. He is the general of that whole thing. So when he pushed me, I was like, what the. F- Hey, fuck you, pal. Obviously, first thought. Then he pushes me again, and I look around, and I see demon eyes from every... Like, everybody in there was ready to run through a wall to kill me. Once Triple H pushes me, it's like, all right, I've been in this... 
particular setting before at a couple house parties and clubs before. I need to go ahead and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> but I need to do this gracefully. I can't look like a bitch, but I do need to get out of here. That's why you heard one last yell back. <laughs> Very unprofessional, just so they know that I got like the last word as I got out of there. But it was a weird it was a weird feeling. Haven't felt that way since like a house party that I got kicked out of for doing whatever I could have potentially done. It was very, very weird, Mr. Hawk. I, I can see there's a lot of confusion. And the thing, too, I think, I, so I would assume Triple H is like much like Vince McMahon. Don't you think a lot of things have happened over the years where Vince, he playing on it and happened, but it, he's like, okay, good. We're going, I'm rolling with this. This is a great storyline. Say somebody hit Vince or someone wanted to do something to him. He's like, he's more than happy. To, to be the guy that that gets hit or looks bad, like isn't Triple H the same guy? Like anything for the show, anything to make it make it a good show for everybody? You would think or hope, but then he goes on Get Up the next morning and starts talking shit on me. Yeah, it yeah. was then he went on Get Up the next morning and he starts unloading a bunch of shit talk on me, and then then he goes, "I'd like to fi- officially challenge for Adam Cole." Or Adam Cole would like to officially challenge for a match. It's like, all right, here we go. Like we're doing this. I guess we're doing this. I guess we're doing this. And now. Fresh off a wedding, in the best shape of my life, I'm walking back into that building, and I assume you're going to be with me. If not, maybe I'm not walking back into that. <laughs> but I assume you're going to be with me. I assume you'll make it happen. And then we got fight night on Saturday. Hell yeah! Hell, Hell yeah. yeah! I can't wait. Like so, it's fight. I love that it's fight week. You're you're basically Conor McGregor. Conor always rented those sweet houses in Vegas. Yep. That's exactly what you're doing right now. That's actually what I said to the boys. I was like, listen, in the house, okay, we got only meat, no carbs. Mm-hmm. There's no sugars that are allowed to be in here. There's a, I'm in the best shape of my life. We got five six days here. Need to keep COVID out of here. Get tested before you come in here. Need to be in great shape, ready to go. Because I can't just go in there and lose. Like I, I that uh-huh. is not something I can do. Literally, there's not something I can do. Even like worse than even just losing like you can't go in there and gas out after a minute and a half and look tired and look like you don't know where you are now that is something that i have been uh, uh very weary about i mean i don't think you need to just throw my i would be very that out the universe these guys are professional wrestlers done it for years and years and years and you think you're going to jump in there and have like a 15 minute match with a professional wrestler uh, in his three what do you think wow. I, I don't think it's going to be 15 minutes by the way i think it's going to be one minute you know what it's going to be boom boom adam cole bang boom sleep night night pin i'm out of here boomby i don't give a fuck i'm undefeated yeah. that that is yeah. that is the plan Woo. you know how mike tyson prepared for what 30 seconds mm-hmm. that is what i'm preparing for and if it goes past that maybe not good for me i mean maybe <laughs> it's all a bonus after maybe that. not mm-hmm. good for me what's the matter with you aj yeah what is the matter what with him the matter with what is the matter with aj hey, listen i don't know what's wrong with this guy but if you need someone to go in there and crack some five foot two skulls see I- i'll do whatever it see, takes see nick's coming okay. see nick's coming he's an italian mm-hmm. he'll fucking throw hands with anybody for no reason he will that guy i've seen it what is nick is nick an italian with nothing to lose is that how you described him once yes yeah that is with nothing to lose who's ready to throw hands whenever he has to and that by the way that's a guy i need on my team right there hell yeah hell yeah hell yeah yeah. maybe you know what i i've i've started to warm to the idea of trying to, to help you out against these little people Whoa. AJ, uh, I mean, wow, AJ. AJ, they're five two. little guys. I mean, wow. little, they're little guys. Yeah. It's not about that. We're not it's about it. remember, we're talking about the entire club. We're not talking about just uh, the bartender. Okay, we're talking about I got kicked out of there by everybody. Everybody. Oh, I don't. Th- I can't really help you with Triple H. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't claim to want to help you with that. Yeah, but he's a businessman. If I walk in there with people, he's not going to cause a scene. I think no, the emotions kind of got a hold of him that last Wednesday or the two Wednesdays ago or whatever. So anyways, can't wait to see you on Wednesday. We'll be in this house.
So you are coming, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'll be there later. Yeah. Yeah. Attaboy, AJ. There you go. AJ Hawk. AJ Hawk. AJ Hawk. AJ, hey, so what are you guys doing down there all week? Don't worry about it. It's fight week, dude. It's fight week. I'm training, preparing, doing the show. So, like, I, I'm, I assume, like, whenever I stroll into that gigantic house that you're renting, like, you'll have masseuses working on. You'll just be laying on a like a table in the middle of the living room, getting worked on, having all kinds of weird treatment happening. Like, like it's a legit fight week. Foxy, cut to the movie theater, please, where you're at. We'll be watching film in there. Yep. Okay, so this is the thing that I don't think uh, I don't think the wrestlers know about enough about. Like I was very lucky to learn how to watch film and how to break things. We'll be watching film in the theater. Okay, will there be but a? Wait, are you watching Adam Cole's previous matches, or are yes. you watching like some of your idols and how they handle it? Well, good call. Probably both, but both. but I will watch his failures. So I'm a big fan of watching other people's failures and how do we duplicate that. So I'll watch, we'll be watching film of his failures in there. There'll be a chiropractor in here, I assume, two, three times this week. There'll be a massage therapist that comes through here. I'll be swimming laps in that pool so we don't get any more impact on the legs or on the joints or anything like that. Nice. And it's basically, let's just keep myself contained down here in this own little world so that when Saturday comes, I'm the best me so that I don't walk out of there a little bitch and a loser. That's all I'm trying to do in this whole thing. That's all I'm trying to do down here hey i'm with you i get it if you're gonna do it man do it don't just don't just half step in there so i feel like you're all in you're, you're renting a house for probably i'd say upwards of fifty thousand for the week that you're renting flying down private not bringing much. the boys in bringing people around you know what hey i get it do it right man you gotta you gotta spend money on yourself if you want to be great i would like it to be known that i flew southwest down here yep. direct mm -hmm. same direct flights direct by the way a lot of people don't talk about me flying southwest anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah. Common man. Thank you. I was Gritty. part of. I was part of the, the the cattle that got in there. I was a three, of course, but I was. <laughs> wow. I did come in. You know what I mean? And a three. How'd you get that? Basically a private flight. There. It was, was very expensive. Six people. Yeah. But there was there was next to nobody on the plane. But a one. In front of my lady and I, that son of a bitch did take the long leg seat. You know what I mean? Mm, and I, I stumbled at the beginning of the plane to watch, see where he was going, because I would either want that front seat or I want to get to the back. And if you're right behind him, I didn't know where he was headed. I thought maybe he's like Hulk Hogan and only flies in the back of the plane. Turns out he went right to the long legged seat. And I was like, well, Sam, here we go. We're sitting in the front row. So we sat in the front row. We were a welcoming committee with our masks on, mm -hmm. uh, the whole thing. And uh, yeah, I flew Southwest. Thank you very much. It was nice. It was very nice. It was fr it was fun. It was a good flight. Yeah, it was a good flight. But this house was not the price you said, but it was pricey. It was pricey down here. It was a bit so is that house where you are? I'm guessing it's a house that's set up for like six families to come rent at one time and or bring 10, all their little Disney kids World. and go to Disney World or Disneyland, whatever the one is it's down about there. about 15 bedrooms in here. Yeah, yeah this There's one is particularly seats. for 10 families. This one is Jeez. potentially for 10 families. This is the only one we could get in overnight, though. The other house, because uh, all the boys, this is the only one in the neighborhood that we could get, like, secure overnight. And they taxed us for it, for sure. Mm. But this is gorgeous. I mean, this is like... I mean, I mean, look at that chandelier. What the you, hell is that? You could probably cut the the dining room table here into like an eighth, and it'll be good for the house or whatever. But there's a lot of like ideas in this place that I'm taking home. That I'm like, all right, yeah. we could do this to the house. We could do this to the house. I mean, uh, Diggs, walk to the other end of that dining room table there. That's a 20 seater there. Yeah, Diggs will echo. Look at how big this thing is. This, just so we can put it in proportion. That is that's a hike. That is the other. That is the <laughs> other end right there. Attaboy, Dixie. We can run forties over there. Yeah, it's huge, dude. There's cornhole set up in the back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, basketball hoop over there. 
But but There's why an arcade? not? Arcade? Is there an arcade? Oh, down? oh yeah, oh yeah, four arcades. Like dude. you wouldn't believe. Dave and Buster's back here. Yeah, there's a bowling alley in this thing. Are you worried that you're living like too lavishly no, 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 for no, a no. fight week? No, no, no. No, I want to be comfortable. Commercial flight. Always have been. I agree. I'm with you. I, I be- think you should. I, there's no. You don't need to live in a basement and punch yourself in the face 30 times a day to get ready. Like I agree. Just do what makes you feel good. I did that my entire childhood. Huh? You know, like I, I did that. <laughs> I did that. I kicked the ball against the wall. Slept in a tiny little bedroom so that I didn't have to do that anymore. And I believe to be your best self, I think you should be comfortable. I think you should be confident. And it's not bad whenever you pull up to a 70,000 square foot house and say, look what I've accomplished. Now let's go accomplish something again. It's like, you know, it keeps goals and initiatives and dreams alive. I think whenever you see it right in front of your face. Now, is this how everybody should handle their money? I'd assume not. I assume that's not an accurate thing. But for me, it's worked. This is kind of how it goes. Mm-hmm. I just keep it moving. Will I be on the next uh, documentary called Broke? Hopefully not. Hopefully the boys get paid out before that happens. But there's a chance. And I know that. And then what will we do? Well, we go get up on a stage, hopefully, and tell the stories how we got broke. And hopefully we get out of the, out of the den again. And, and we just back. keep it moving, AJ. Keep it moving. That's a good plan. I'm excited to get down there. Check it out. Wait till you see this place, AJ. It is stupid. All right. I have to go to the bathroom. Do you have anything you want to talk about? <laughs> no, I think I'm. Me neither. I think I'm all right. I'm excited for you, man. I'm nervous for you. Uh, I hope Adam Cole doesn't have his way with nervous. you. But you know what? It's going to be a good week. I think you should enjoy the enjoy the the prep, enjoy the build up to that. Hope is that your green tea or smoothie? What are you drinking? It's this all is protein, smoothie. I drank the green tea already, which has been confused by numerous people as being beer. So if I ever yeah, we the found the um, beer, oh the uh, yeah, a lot of people the, thought it was Chuck Berry too. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Seriously, they did. Don't, don't. Do, I don't Connor, even need to get back into that. I can't kiss you Please. right now. Can't get cold. Stop. Though. Stop. All right. Thank, all right. Case, That's right. In case you're wondering, need. Pat, uh, I <laughs> showed it to my wife. She sent it to a couple friends. Why? <laughs> very thankful. No, uh, not doing this every. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be good, baby. The most disgusting thing I've ever heard. I mean, the whole thing is just disgusting. Oh, it's terrible. It made me vomit. I almost vomited, yeah. and that's not what Fight Week's yeah. about, by the way. Uh-uh. Fight Week is about feeling good. So you Don't guys keep your Chuck. Ba- oh my god. <laughs> you guys keep your Chuck Berry bullshit out of this particular house. Uh, AJ, we will see you Wednesday. Can't wait for that. We'll talk to you tomorrow at noon. Another McAfee and Hockey. Cool with that. Absolutely. Sounds good. It's fight week, Monday, August 17th, live from a house that is way too large for us. Uh, myself, Diggs, Mr. Mansuri, Ty Schmidt, Connor, Zito, Nick, Billy Tubes, Evan Fox, AJ Hawk, and everybody else. We can't thank you enough for fucking with us on a daily basis. The fact that you do, when you can choose other things, we are forever grateful for. If you enjoyed this show, please tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened. We're on the road to a million, currently at 905,000 subscribers. Be a friend, tell a friend. Massive giveaway once we get to a million. From that jawline, that jawline to me, Have a great fucking Monday. Cheers. It's fight week. It's McAfee and Hawk. It's McAfee and Hawk Sports Talk. AJ used to tackle quarterbacks. He's a Rust Belt kind of guy. AJ Hawk! He's the pat punter of the day of the 20s and taking piss missiles to the sky. It's McAfee and Hawk. It's McAfee and Hawk Sports Talk. It's McAfee and Hawk Sports Talk. Can the Guinness Book of World Records give 2020 world's greatest to live game? Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving 
and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in the hire. And with 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash Pat. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash Pat. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, from The Athletic, senior NBA insider, Sean Sharanya. Yeah. Pat, big fight for you coming up, right? Saturday. Yeah. Saturday. Fight week. Get ready for it, Shams. We are in the middle of fight week, only on WWE Network, free for new <laughs> subscribers on Saturday night starting at 7 p.m. Shams, let's talk about the NBA. Been watching the bubble, obviously. A lot of people thought that the bubble and the, the setup was a failure because the Phoenix Suns go 8-0 and they still don't get a chance to do the playing game. I say I think he gave the Phoenix Sun a great chance to showcase what the team's going to be in the future just because it didn't work out how that team wanted it to work out or an undefeated workout. That means other teams played well. I think this has been a massive success thus far for the NBA. Is that how they feel? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're like there's this cautious kind of self of, uh, sense of confidence, right? Because this is exactly what the NBA wanted. Pat, there were a lot of positive tests before the NBA took its show on the road into the bubble. That was just the matter of the fact. Uh -huh. Their goal was to flesh out those positive tests and make sure that once they got into the bubble, it became this closed-off, safe environment to where it's almost impossible to get a positive test. And so far, they've, they've pitched a shutout. It's been a month-plus of no positive tests inside the bubble for any players and, um, you know, overall, the NBA, everything that they've wanted, the games have gone on. No players missed time. There have been a few instances where guys have had inconclusive tests or false positives, and they've, and they've had to sit out a game or sit out a practice. But overall, given everything that's led up to the last four or five months, the NBA couldn't have asked for anything better right now. Okay, so now we get through those eight regular season games. We have that play-in game, uh, Memphis-Portland. Great game. I mean, Carmelo Anthony got a chance to shoot a dagger, and then he held his big old balls. <laughs> then C.J. McCollum had that moment about how John Morant couldn't guard me. Then, obviously, Dame posterizes somebody. But there was a chance there for uh, the NBA to have something that only the NCAA gets to have in the basketball world. How was that received by the NBA? Because as a fan, I love the thought of playing game. I love the thought of, hey, winner go home here. Now, granted, I think Memphis would have had to beat Portland again if they ended up winning, but I love the intensity of that game. Now, the person I was commentating on that, the color commentator, was like, Memphis has to treat this like a playoff game. Well, I... <laughs> really? No, no, no way. But I think that was a pretty awesome thing for the NBA, and, and, and I would assume that they feel the exact same way but now portland goes against the lakers and everybody's talking about how this was not the team that the lakers wanted to face because if this team gets hot with cj dame and mellow this could be a problem with the lakers and the lakers have not performed great down the bubble what are you thinking of going into that series 
I think it has a chance to be a very, very entertaining series, but I just can't come to grips with picking Portland over the Lakers. Like, oh. I, I still, you know, the Lakers had an uneven seeding game, like, like you said. Uh, I think Kyle Kuzma can be looked at as a bright spot. And overall, you know, I think Anthony Davis showed that when he wanted to turn it on, he could go for 40 points. And there were some nights where him and LeBron James just didn't seem like themselves, like their superstar playoff selves. But I do believe the fact that they got out of it mostly healthy. Rajon Rondo is back. He's cleared from quarantine. And I'm told it's really just a matter of when the Lakers clear him at this point to return. He's about five and a half weeks out from that surgery on his hand. And so there's optimism about him returning here at some point soon. And that'll help alleviate their their guard uh, lineup coming off the bench and maybe not rely on on some players uh, coming off that bench like Dion. Maybe he'll lead into his minutes a little bit, but... I still can't come to grips with picking. I don't know about you, Pat, but I, I'm still going with the Lakers in this first-round series. But listen, Dame Lillard, CJ McCollum, Carmelo, Yusuf Nurkic. Nurkic was an absolute beast oh, yeah. uh, throughout his return so far from that uh, catastrophic injury last year. But uh, the Lakers have the talent. They have LeBron James. They have Anthony Davis. And, and I, I still feel like they are um, you know, the, the, probably the front runners out west right now. Well, see, in football, it's not about – you know, the big names is about who's hot at the right time. And I feel like this Portland team has been balling here. Yeah. As of, like, oh, that yeah. has to mean something. But is it a seven-game series? Are we going right back into a seven-game series here? Yeah, it'll be seven-game series, and the finals will be 2-2, 1-1-1. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's business as usual, except in the first <laughs> round. These games are every other day. There's no traveling. And so – and we don't know what this fan environment's going to be like. If, okay. if it's going to be like what it is in the regular season – there's not really much of an edge. It's a lot of, you know, AAU, street ball, playing, really playing in the summertime, you know, open gym. Uh, these games have that vibe for a lot of players that I speak to. Summertime and the shooting's easy. Pulling up from the look of light on me. They have been balling in there. I mean, people have been yeah. scoring 41, From 51, deep. 31. Devin Booker became a, a national superstar uh, out of the bubble. I mean, this I feel like it has been a success. But Terrence Ross told us early that people are going to be able to feel very comfortable because it does feel as if it's like a high school gymnasium or a little bit smaller. Let's talk about Kawhi Leonard a little bit. There's a guy, obviously, from the Spurs, leaves, goes to Toronto, wins for Toronto. Toronto, no offense, probably never win again, if I had to guess. <laughs> never. Good for Canada. Shout out to Toronto. Love what the Raptors did. Now, I think they're still good this year. They're very right? good this year. I think they're very, very good yeah. this year. But to get to that, I mean, you have to have studs. Is Kawhi Leonard, if they make a run here, and the Clippers have never been to the conference finals, I guess, so if he does that, it would be a big deal. Is Kawhi Leonard worthy of that conversation of like, hey, we're talking about top 10, top five basketball players of all time here? I, I think he's he's going to put put himself in that category for sure. If he if he's able to lead the Clippers to a championship, I mean, you're looking at three chips with three different organizations, uh, really leading Toronto and Clippers to their first, um, probably in their history. So for me, I would look at him probably in that light, top 10, 15 player potentially, 20, but 30. he's got a long way to go. He's got to <laughs> you know, uh, finish the job here this season. And the good thing about the Clippers, I do believe they were one of the teams that benefited from the hiatus. Um, there were some up and down moments for this team over the course of regular season. But as soon as the hiatus hit, this team really came together. Zoom workouts, um, even working out in person right before they were uh, able to go into actual facility workouts. So this team really did everything it could to come together um, during the hiatus and use that as, as a tipping point. And, and now they look like they're as, as together as they've been all year. And that West is going to be obviously awesome to watch. One of the guys who's been awesome to watch has been James Harden. James Harden, 
he is just filthy at this point. I mean, he can do whatever he wants to do with it. He mixes and one with old school basketball with a brand new style of basketball that nobody else plays. I mean, he is fantastic to watch. And his tag team partner, both whenever they were at OKC and now at Houston, is Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook came into the bubble late. Now he's a little bit hurt. What is it? What is is Russell Westbrook going to be 100% for this playoff run here in a little bit, or are they just trying to figure that out? So he's going to miss time to start this season, but I'm told Russell Westbrook has started uh, some light on-court workouts, some light shooting, and there is some hope uh, he could play as soon as this weekend. But again, with quad injuries, Pat, you know, like these are tricky injuries. This is something that the team won't really know until it sees how Russell Westbrook responds on a day-to-day basis. And, And But there is some hope that he can return at some point this series, but Again, it's it's that cautious optimism and the fact that he was able to get back on the floor, start some light shooting, I think is the one uh, you know optimistic sign uh, as they start off this series against Oklahoma City, which is going to be the favorites. Without Russell Westbrook in the lineup, it's going to be the favorites as they start the series on Tuesday. The thing about quads is they're so big. There's so many things things in there you could potentially hurt. What do you got, Diggs? Jones, you were talking about the fan environment in there in the bubble around the court. And during the first few games, you saw players from other teams watching the games. Has that continued? Like, do you think during the playoffs there's going to be players from other teams in the fans watching or in the stands watching games? Heckling? I mean, listen, whatever you want, they're going to be continued to allow to watch the games. And and, uh, the NBA is allowing that. They're allowing guys to come see games, even coaches. You saw some coaches late in the series in the first round. Jason Kidd went to the play-in game. Um, So there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of sportsmanship going on right now where guys want to see the competition. Coaches are going to be part of the scouting. And there are even some teams that are outside the bubble that aren't participating, that will send some executives down to scout potentially. So it's all available, but again. Don't let them in the bubble. Hey, Shams, do not let any of these loser teams in the bubble. I mean, this thing has been a success story. We need not do that. Are the Pelicans sending anybody into the bubble to watch other teams? Alvin Gentry fired. Everybody said this is big news. They thought Alvin Gentry potentially good coach for that team that seems to be young and ready to go. A lot of mixed results. Personally, I just played damn Zion. You're probably not fired. Your guys probably make the playoffs if you play Zion. What is the relationship there? Was that Alvin Gentry that was holding Zion back? Now, do I care about Alvin Gentry getting fired? Obviously, uh, rest in peace to his career as Pelicans head coach. He's nice to me. Very thankful for that. But all I care about is Zion at this point. Is that is that a front office decision to fire Alvin Gentry because him and Zion didn't get along? Or is this just, hey, we need a new guy and we need to, we need to build this team differently? I think it's more of the latter. You know, I never sensed an issue between Zion Williamson and Alvin Gentry, but there's no doubt. I'm sure if the coaching staff could have could, could have it their way, they would have tried to play Zion Williamson as much as possible. That just was not the edict. That was not what was mandated by the front office, by Zion Williamson's camp. Um, you know, so Alvin got screwed. Yeah. Yeah. Alvin like got screwed. Alvin Gentry got screwed. I mean, listen, if you ask him, he might he may say the same thing, but, it, you know, Alvin <laughs> is a professional. He's always going to be – you know, a, a gracious person. And he had one year left on his deal. And it's a lot of money during a pandemic for this Pelicans franchise to eat, but they ate it. And now they will try to find a coach, whether that's Tyron Lue. Um, you know, he's going to be in there, but he's going to have other situations that he's going to wait on as well. Um, you could see names like Jason Kidd, Jeff Van Gundy also pop up there, Kenny Atkinson. But th- they, they're trying to find the right voice for this team, the right leader for this team. Uh, they decided it was not Alvin Gentry. And again, if if he could have it his way, you know, he probably would have played a force and a guy like Zion Williamson who has the ability to dominate games. 
as much as possible. That was that was just not in the cards. Play the kid. Play the phenom. That's kind of unfair to Alvin Gentry that he wasn't allowed to play his best player. Then when they don't succeed, well, you got to get out of here. It's like, okay, I can't wait to see what coach takes over this job. Can't play your best players, but if you don't succeed, you're going to be gone, not me. If I'm Alvin Gentry, I'm probably a little bit more upset about that. Now, granted, Alvin Gentry wasn't the one that told me I wasn't allowed to announce Zion Williamson last, right? So what you are saying, what you are saying is 100% accurate. Let's talk about going into this uh, bubble. It was supposed to be 35 to 90 days or something, 35 or 45 to 90 days, potentially, if you end up winning this thing. And they go to all seven best of sevens to game seven. The families are supposed to be allowed back or allowed into the bubble. How are they going to handle this? It's been going so well. And now basketball is at its most important. And now they're going to be allowing other people in, which, by the way, for humanity, great news to get these guys back around their families and their kids. But this seems like a potential outlier or variable that could potentially bring the bubble down. Or am I thinking too negative about this? I don't know if it'll bring the bubble down, but you know, there are some teams that do believe that having the families out or having extra people that, you know, might not uh, be conducive to the team environment that, that if everything's going so well right now, like why not just keep it going? Right. And so it, it's, it's a hard sell for the players though. The players want to be around family. They want to be around their close Those friends. <laughs> you know, the, the, the thought that the players could, could ever bring in outside People, people they meet off social media. That was never going to happen, Pat. Um, I've been reporting it for months. That was never going to be the yeah. case. But I was they, trying to. Get they it. were always going to open it up to close family members after the first round of the playoffs. And um, players are are ready for that moment when they can bring their family, whether that's wives, girlfriends, um, you know, close friends, close family members into the bubble. Um, I, from a health and safety standpoint, it's gone so well. You, you would hope that there's no uh, turn for the worse. Um, I think what teams are fearing is that there's maybe a distraction that might exist. But at the end of the day, the players want to be with their family. They want to be with their close friends. Well, that's because they're humans. I mean, everything has to be taken like from a human standpoint. Like, yeah, obviously you'd want to be around your family in the middle of this whole thing. But if you look at it just completely, just come on, don't even look at it like that. It's like, you know, it has been working so perfect. You roll the dice whenever you add extra variables. How would it end up? You have a question for Yeah, Sean? Shams, uh, they released uh, bubble awards. Uh, do players give a damn about that whatsoever? <laughs> Great question. Uh, long story short, no. But listen, it's great to get an award. I think um, if the players could have their way, there might be some kind of a, a, a fund or a charity fund, that yeah, that yeah. that they could be awarded money or something for. That I don't believe that's the case. But uh, listen, an award is always better than nothing. And for the Suns to come away with Monty Williams getting coach of the bubble, I think is it's, it's positive for the organization. But I don't think Damian Lillard is uh is is uh is going to have the bubble award anywhere oh so there's no uh, bonus there was no bonus oh. for that bubble mvp there's no bonus at all shams not that i know of no oh, cool ribbon though i bet yeah, yeah. maybe a little really cool like a cool bubble ribbon trophy. Yeah. maybe a trophy yep. maybe he's on top of it like with a poster on top of a bubble Ooh. Oh. <laughs> you're welcome adam silver i'm happy we can do that for you. are you heading down to the bubble or are you in the bubble I will be there on Thursday, so I'll be making my bubble debut in hey, the next couple of weeks. We need you not mess this up. You know, we were just <laughs> talking gone. about families. We need you not mess this up, Shams. Won't be me. I'll tell you that much. I've been in my home quarantine for the last four months. So what, yeah. what is the process? You fly down there. You have to get tested, I would assume. Then they lock you up in a room for a few days, and then you get it clear, and then you're out? Pretty much. I mean, you nailed it. Fly down there Thursday, quarantine uh, six, seven days, and uh, – 
have seven straight negative results, and then I can start covering games, being around the environment. So I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's an unprecedented moment. I'm just cherishing the opportunity. Hell yeah. And you're going to go dominate down there, including whenever you're in lockup for seven days down there, because hopefully you'll be able to call to shows and tell us what lockup's like down mm-hmm. there. Will you be allowed to use the barbershop, or is that for players only? Uh, I mean, I'm going to try to, I don't know how long my haircut can last, but I'm definitely going <laughs> to try to make a run. I think, I think it is allowed for media. So eventually I'll make my way once my fade gets, you know, gets, gets finished. Gets Always finished. with an incredible fade and incredible takes, ladies and gentlemen, NBA senior insider for the athletic Sham Sharania. Thank you, Sham. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Thank you, man. All right. Hey, what if, Hey, what if that's son of a bitch is the reason why it goes down? It down. No, if we no. know Shams. Hey, that's a lot of pressure on Shams going. In. Like the people that are going in there, a lot of pressure, right? If, oh, if, yeah. if you really think about it, it's like, hey, this has been going perfectly without me. Like literally people have been talking about how the NBA bubble experience has been the bubble experience oh, and everybody, mm-hmm. the NHL's working because they saw the NBA was working. This is what it's going to be. And then you come flying in, you know, like friend of the family, you know, hey, how's it Ooh, going? I love basketball. Great to be here. Let me go ahead. <laughs> Just take down the whole thing. That could happen. Hopefully it's not Shams. And hopefully it doesn't happen because playoff basketball, we all know, will be must watch. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Who do you think is going to win? Uh, I believe the Celtics will win the NBA championship. Yeah, this he year. was going to say another team, by the way. A guy almost sold out <laughs> right there. That's the show. Uh, we thank you all for listening. We know there's a lot of other options that you uh, could choose, but you decide to spend that time with us. And we appreciate the hell out of you for it. Make sure you are following YouTube dot com slash the pat mcafee show to keep up with everything pat's doing this week as he gets ready for his match against adam cole and uh as we continue our march towards a million subscribers we're at a little over nine hundred thousand now and we get to a million we're gonna do a huge giveaway biggest giveaway uh we've ever done so if you haven't subscribed yet make sure you do that thanks to kirk herbstreet shams sharanya and aj hawk we appreciate y'all we'll see you thursday cheers